0: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
1: What do you mean good? I want want to be redeemed by you. Here's the obedience part. Boaz would love to marry her. It's clear. He's thrilled. He can't believe it. But he's also a, a man of God, a man who loves God, a man who knows his word, who understands the Torah, the Pentateuch, how things work. And God has an order. He's a God of Peace, the God of order, not of chaos and confusion. I can see
0: the promised land, though there's pain within the plan. There is victory in the end. Your love is my battle cry, the answer for all my life. Every dragon. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live Radio Broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's program, Pastor Keith will be taking us through a series on the providence of God, where we'll be making stops in the book of Ruth, In the Psalms and also in the book of Job. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Ruth. Now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: Look at this obedience, providence, and obedience, and did just as her mother in law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then Then only then, right, she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. She followed Naomi's instructions to the letter. Naomi's instructions were informed and influenced by the word of God. Naomi was guided by the law of Moses and wisdom. Ruth was humble enough to obey. And so Ruth waited until Boaz's obligations were as an employer and his celebration and the good harvest was over. He went to bed thankful, happy, and satisfied. He's lying down at the end of the heap of grain. It's like people today protecting their uh, catalytic converters, you know. You sleep by your car. He's sleeping by the grain there to protect it overnight. He's guarding his investment. She comes softly. She uncovers his feet. Uncovering his feet is like setting an alarm. Because as the temperatures fall, guess what gets cold? the feet. You know, I always marvel at newlyweds. One of the complaints I hear of the husband is, she takes the covers and I freeze to death all night long. That's providence, man. That's a life in a fallen world, right? So the temperature drops, he'll wake up. So she goes to sleep and waits on God's timing. In verse eight, we read this. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over and behold, a woman lay at his feet. So she's laying like perpendicular. They formed like this T. In the middle of the night, he wakes up and, you know, he's not happy. He's startled. Why? Well, he's a man of prominence. He's a leader. He's probably an elder in the community. You know, he, his rep, you, know you build a lifetime building a reputation and it can be destroyed in a few minutes with a scandal. He goes to bed alone and he wakes up with an unknown woman at his feet. He doesn't recognize her yet. There's a problem here for both of them. And verse 9, we get his reaction. And he said, who are you? And she answered, I want you to look at this answer, I'll tell you. I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Providence and the proposal. God brought us together. Please save me. Please redeem me. He's saying, who are you and what can I do for you? And she's saying, you are a redeemer. Now, there's a significance in that. We'll see in a moment. Save me. That's a picture, right, of what all of us here who are heaven bound have done. At some point, we look to Christ, God who came to earth to seek and save that which was lost. And he says, who are you? You know, you come to him vulnerable, maybe desperate. And you say, save me. You are my redeemer. Also notice it's kind of an interesting thing here. There's no longer the title, the Moabite. And and she says, your servant. I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant. For you are a redeemer. That's what they call the goel. Goel. He was to serve as a protector for the needy members of the family. He is a member of the clan of Elimelech. Naomi has told her that this man is a near redeemer. And she comes and asks for redemption. And we'll see his response in a moment. But what's in this for you again? How does this pertain to you? How does this connect or intersect with your life? Well, you have to accept the fact that, like Ruth, and God's providence... You're called to do things that may be risky. That doesn't mean that you're not to do them. That's where obedience comes in. Conformity to the known and revealed will of God. Which means that you have to be willing to face rejection. You know, God has called us to different roles. We, he, all, he does have a plan for our lives. But some of those plans involve hardship. Hardship. Risk and rejection. But there is no no in God's economy, right? Only yes. You do not say no to God. And so be willing to say yes to God even if the culture and people around you say no to you. Ruth could have been rejected. What are you doing here? Who who sent you here? Do you understand who I am? You're about to wreck my reputation. Hit the road. That's how that could have gone in that culture. So accept... The fact that obedience is risky. Be willing to face rejection, but obey. And three, answer God's call to fulfill your role. Put yourself in Boaz's shoes. He knows he's a near redeemer. He knows that these two women are tottering on the edge of destruction because the harvest is coming to an end and they lived in a hand-to-mouth, subsistence, agricultural uh, uh, culture, and these two women are in deep, deep trouble. See, serving God always involves risk. And risk, when it comes to serving God, always involves reward. So what happens next? Let's look at Boaz's response and reaction. Aspect number three, providence and the praise. Providence and the praise. Trusting, trusting God has risks. It has responsibilities and rewards. Often in the church, we have this unbalanced uh, View that there's always going to be a happy ending or that God is some gruff, mean ogre waiting to do it to us. And there's this two-headed thing here. And both of those can be extreme. What we want to do is to be in the center of God's will. We find that only by looking in God's word. So verses uh, 3 through 10, uh, 3, 10 and 11, we see his answer. And he, Boaz, said, here's his answer. May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. I mean, what an answer. Why? He tells why. You have made this last kindness greater than the first. I mean, what has she done for him? I mean, yeah, she's taking care of her, her mother-in-law. But look what he says. May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first. And then there's the reason why. In that, in that you have not gone after young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not fear. Do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. What in the world is going on here? Providence into praise. Why is he praising her? he who's redeeming who i mean boaz is praising ruth's proposal redeem me but what is he praising it's as if that she had mercy on boaz the way that she had mercy on naomi this last kindness is greatest is as great as the first is greater look at that word you have made this last kindness greater than the first you know, it's kind of funny. When you come to Christ, you know, the, Jesus says that when a sinner who is lost comes to Christ, there is great rejoicing in heaven. Heaven rejoices. And kind of, you know, you kind of smell this here a little bit. And he's like, you've come to me. You've asked for redemption. You have made this last kindness greater than the first. He is rejoicing. <laughs> Blessed are you, my daughter. And then he points out, kind of a practical thing, in that you have not gone after younger men, whether poor or rich. Now, here's the thing, Naomi and Ruth. Ruth has shown that she loves Naomi and will do anything to take care of her. Ruth has shown that she is a woman of excellence. Ruth has demonstrated her character. And you know what? What does it say in Proverbs He who finds a wife finds a good thing. always, that word thing in our culture would bother some people. But, you know, what does it say in Proverbs 31, 10? An excellent wife who can find. And then he says, you are a worthy woman. All my people, all my relatives, all the people of the town know this. Boaz is a wealthy man. He is a respected man. He is a man of position within the community I'd also say he's a humble man, and what hasn't been revealed to us until now is he is a single man. He's also an older man. I would estimate that Ruth is probably about 25. She probably got married at 15, was married for 10 years. Her husband died. She's in her 20s. I'd say he's probably 45 to 55 years of age. Ruth, this former Moabitess who has embraced Yahweh, looks to him against all odds. And frankly, he's thrilled to redeem and to marry her. But there is this problem. And we'll get to this problem in a moment. In the meantime, what has this got to do with you? You may be in the midst of a trial. You may feel like you're getting your, as they say in the South, you're getting your plow cleaned. That's not a good thing. Uh, You may feel like there is no hope for you. Here's a Moabite woman who most people would not want to marry. Had she been a Moabite man, even after 10 generations, she wouldn't be welcome into the assembly. But she has turned her back on her gods and her people and embraced her mother-in-law and embraced Yahweh. Still, most people would be kind of hesitant. He's not. And I think one of the lessons we learn here by way of application is when you seek to track with God's will in obedience to his word, be ready to be blessed And be ready to be surprised. You know, God is here to care for you. He's involved in every inch of your life. He knows your hurts, He knows your needs. And He's looking at these two people who He has brought together through providence. She's coming to say, Redeem me, you know. And He's like, I will do all that you ask. But but he's also going to marry her in accordance with something called Leveret marriage. I'm sure she was surprised. And apparently he was surprised. He was apparently hoping for her. And because they were obedient to God's will. Because they were willing to play the roles that God had assigned them the way that he assigned them. Because they were willing to show restraint. God surprised them. I think the second thing by way of application I want you to understand is this. There are happy endings in this hellish world. That's how we find hope in hellish times. In your life as a born-again Christian, seeking and serving God, there are only happy endings. Now, wait a minute. What does that mean? I mean, I'm up here half crippled, right? (laughs) In this life or the next... God is going to bless you exceedingly abundantly beyond what you could hope for or expect, as it says in Ephesians, if you follow him, if you trust in him, if you obey him. And I think the third thing I'd like to say to you is this. God's timing may not line up with your timing on earth, but he is going to bless you. And in ways, as I said just a moment ago with the second, you know, piece of application that you can't think about, that you can't even imagine. How do we know that? Because these two people, this old guy, he's not as old as me. He's single. You know, He's been waiting for the right woman at the right time and here God has delivered. And here's this widow who for some would be undesirable, but she has distinguished herself in the eyes of everyone they're going to come together, and at the end of the story, as we'll see in Ruth chapter four, their, ch- their son is Obed, and Obed's son is Jesse, and Jesse's son is David. When you go down David's line long enough, you come to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. These two people had no idea what God was going to do to them and through them, but they did seek to obey him. Uh, I'm sure Ruth would have liked to have gotten to this point without having to go through all that she's been through, but God has a purpose in everything. We are called to trust and obey, to abide in Christ, to keep his word, and let him do the heavy lifting. And if we do that, the consequences are always happy. Now, a life has a beginning, middle, and an end, just like a conversation or a story and between the end and the beginning, there's all kind of stuff that goes on in a fallen world. But when you look at this true story of Ruth, I hope that you do find hope in hellish times, in everyday life, because God is involved in everything through his providence, through his direct intervention. And that's what we're seeing here. Know that your God, your God, is always there. Look for him, trust him. Obey him like Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. I mean, what are the chances that these two come together like this? God is at work in everyday life and the lives of everyday people like you and me. Be encouraged. Aspect four. Providence and the promise. More of Boaz's real world response and risks. Beginning in Ruth uh, 3, 12 and 13. Ruth, conti- uh, Ruth con- Boaz continues. Now, it is true that I am a redeemer. Did you notice that? There, there's, you know, only in English would you have an indefinite article. But there's a definite article, the redeemer, grammatically speaking. And there's an indefinite article, a redeemer. He's not the only redeemer. How do we know? Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning if he will redeem you, good let him do it. Now I can imagine Ruth, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What do you mean good? I want I want to be redeemed by you. Here's the obedience part. Boaz would love to marry her. It's clear. He's thrilled. He can't believe it. But he's also a, a man of God, a man who loves God, a man who knows his word, who understands the Torah, the Pentateuch, how things work. And God has an order. He's a God of Peace, a God of order, not of chaos and confusion. And so Boaz wants them to be in the center of God's will. Now, it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet, there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, stay where you are, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good. Let him do it. It's probably not what she had in mind. But the reality is there are established, there's an established order in this world. We have our marching orders. We have our operating manual, right? The Bible. It shows us God's way, God's wills. Gives us principles, even if it doesn't speak to a particular issue. We know how we should live and think. Boaz gets this. They're going to honor God's ways. They're not going to, you know, somebody might say, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's not be legalistic. You're here. I'm here. Let's be practical, that's what you always hear when you try to apply the Bible to a situation. Don't be legalistic. What is legalism? Going beyond the word of God. Not doing the word of God faithfully. The culture calls out legalism. The dead and dying denominations call that legalism. We call that obedience. But look what he says also. His closing comment. But if he doesn't redeem you. As the Lord lives. I Will redeem you. As the Lord lives is the strongest promise you could make in those days, and I would say still, as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. It's no idle promise, no idle promise at all. He's going to do things God's way, He's going to be guided by Scripture, He's going to be careful. And he's going to do it the right way with the right heart. Then we see in verses 13 and following. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. Verse 14. So she laid his feet until morning, but arose before anyone could recognize her. And he said, let it not be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. You put a lot at risk. She could have risked her life. She certainly risked her reputation and his. But, and he said... Bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city and she came to her mother-in-law and she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. And I want you to consider Naomi's reaction here in verse 18. And I want you to remember this again. Sometimes we try to force God's hand. Sometimes we try to manipulate God. Sometimes we just try to rewrite the script that he has given us. But in verse 18, what does she say? She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Wait. Do not take the law into your own hands. Wait until you learn how the matter turns out. Until we see what God does. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That's what she's saying here. Providence. We just can't improve on God's ways. God's will or God's word. All we can do, all they could do was trust and wait to see what God would do. That's what they could do. That is a lesson for us. By way of application, we have to rest in the reality that obedience to the word of God, to the will of God, is always the right path. Even in times where we lack clarity, we have sufficient revelation in this book to know and do God's will, God's way. God is in the details, not the double. So you rest and trust in his goodness that he really, really does cause, as the Bible tells us, all things, even the tragedies and the hardships to work together for good. Secondly, understand there's no substitute for obedience and the blessing that obedience brings. Moreover, rejoice in the fact, in the reality that in this life or the next, all believers' stories have a happy ending. Even if God's schedule doesn't match yours, his schedule is the right schedule. And therefore, I would encourage you to surrender to the reality that you may not see the results of your obedience immediately. You may have to wait like Ruth, like Naomi, like Boaz, but you will see the results of your obedience as you lay up treasure in heaven.